Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulliken. And I'm Mark Whitman. And it has been a while. It has. Uh, it's been a while since we recorded, and this is a special season because we're literally within a week or so, uh, our nine year, nine year anniversary of the Double Dropkick show. Yeah, man. Uh, it showed up in my Facebook memories the other day. <laughs> I saw that. The, the lunch that started all, the wing buffet. Yeah, because like there was, and we didn't do it often. But I remember a couple of times over the years, we would get in touch with each other and go, "Let's go, hey, let's go talk about, let's go yeah. eat lunch and talk about wrestling." I can remember, yeah, we went we went to like Max Drive In one yeah. time, yeah, uh, just every, every every couple of years we would like get together and talk about wrestling, and and it was like, yeah, it was always. It was always fun, you know. You were always one of those people for me. It was like, man, I wonder what old Mark's doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and um, it's it's really cool to that we like reconnected that day. And now, like, I mean, I don't I don't have a better friend in the. I know you probably do, but I don't have a better friend in this world than you, man. Like, I don't, you know, outside of, of like my wife and and like that. I mean, there's nobody else that knows as much about me. I don't think. Right, right, um, right. One or two people. But. Well, I know you tell your general physician that you've been in counseling now for nine <laughs> years, and uh, that's right. Yeah, man, that's a that's a thing too for me. I need to <laughs> need somebody that just goes. I remember one time um, <laughs> we were riding down the road in, in my vehicle, which was which was rare. Um, but we were taking my car somewhere. And I was just, this son of a bing, son of a bing, you know, mother, 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 you know, and I'm, and I'm just going off. And, and I had been, you know, ranting and raving, as I'll do, for about 10 minutes. And you, you said, uh, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah. And said, have you ever thought about, because I, I will never forget that it was Eminem that was playing on the radio. Yeah. And you said, have you ever thought about switching to maybe some calming music? While you were driving, yeah. Instead of listening to something that's going to get you like keyed up, and I still to this day do that. I very rarely listen to like aggressive music when I'm driving anymore, right? Because you were right, yeah. And that's like this huge thing that you just suggested to me one day. I did. I, and it's very true. It works. I remember what where that came from was. I had a friend, and uh, they were just like super depressed and like just going through a really hard time and and always had on headphones always mm-hmm. wherever you saw them. i said let me see what you're listening to and it was like yeah. i'm like well no wonder <laughs> no yeah. wonder and it's like try listening to this and they're like oh yeah you're right like yeah listen mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. like um yeah so we've had so many moments like that, so many times we've just <laughs> laughed our butts. Oh yeah, man! It's just good times, good times, man. It's good to be back with you, man. It was a rough year, so I mean, it really was. You know, it's been a, it's been a rough year for those that don't know. My mother, um, Super Bowl Sunday last year. Wow. Um, I was in the hospital with her, and she was diagnosed with um, terminal cancer, and she had uh, cirrhosis of the liver and and um, congestive heart failure. All, all of those things. And it was just a rough year. Like, we, we spent most of the year in the hospital, and she passed away last August. And, you know, people reached out, and I appreciate that if I if I didn't get back to you and say thank you. There was just a lot going on at the time. And then, you know, you kind of deal with that and come out the other end of it. And, right. You know. Right. So that's what I've been doing for for the better part of a year now. You and I both experienced things in 2022 that – we're probably not going to have to do again, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You want to share? <laughs> Would you like to share? You know, I, uh, you know, a year ago, January, got engaged and was planning on getting married, and it just it just didn't work out. Right. And 
No, you know, it was it was one of the you know, if we can get personal here for a minute. I mean, this is our show. Do whatever we want to. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've dated two women since. Uh, my wife Karen passed away, and like you think about this show, everything that's happened, uh-huh. like when this show started, Karen was still driving. Yeah, she and, was. Uh, yeah, yeah. She, we weren't even going through treatment yet Mm-mm. for that. Um, she was. <laughs> she was a little mean, yeah. <laughs> and I can remember, like uh, we had probably recorded four or five times, and something happened. Yeah, and you said. Hey, I need to talk to you about it. And then you explained to me like what was going on. Yeah. And I remember I can remember us having that conversation. Right. You told me what was going on. So yeah, she was still driving and things like that. Um So I've dated two women since she passed away. And neither relationship worked out. I'm still friends with both of them. And it wasn't like there was never an argument. There was never a fight. It was just kind of like Now the good thing is I would say, pers- you know, internally, especially over the holidays, I got closure in both those situations emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean. Just- so, for people that don't know, we haven't released an episode since April, but we've obviously talked. Right, and, right. Uh, but there would sometimes be like a month or two when we couldn't because you, you would have stuff going on. and I, right. But we have got together several times. Oh, yeah, yeah. But. We both had so much going on that it really turned into like really sometimes you just need a your friend to talk and not talk about wrestling, you know. And I think that's what wound up happening. We would get together to record an episode and wind up crying on each other's show. Right, right. <laughs> you know? I mean, we we watched. Um, I guess it was July when the Ric mm-hmm. Flair's last match was, and yeah, we watched some AEW pay per views. Um, watched. Um, I think did we watch the Ring of Honor show? Together. We did, yeah. We one watched it, yeah, because I want to watch the last one the, with the dog collar match. I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, yeah, I'm kind of hoping the DVDs will hit soon. I'm just going yeah. to come on order a DVD of it. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't seen that dog collar, and especially, um, and I'm sure we'll talk at some point about the the passing of Jay Briscoe. But when when I think about you think about all the legends that have passed away. In the last nine years, mm-hmm. and you think about how many of them we got to meet. You think oh, about man. all the cool things. Like mm-hmm. little did we know. I mean, we've helped run wrestling promotions mm-hmm. in these nine years. Yeah, um, got to do commentary. Got to do some really cool things. Meet some cool people. Met a lot of cool people. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Christmas ornaments made. With our faces on. Yeah. Pretty. Fun stuff, man. Yeah. Fun stuff. <laughs> you, 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 you remember, remember that time? <laughs> you remember? Remember um, when we so had what, the ornaments? That so, was cool. So what? Um, we're we're going to uh, just spend some time today kind of reminiscing a little yeah. bit. I thought, remember we joked the other day, because, you know, in the past year, like you had the thing that happened it all out with CM Punk, and right? Then you had Vince McMahon ousted, and then he comes back and does a hostile takeover. But we thought, I thought it would have been funny for our first episode back to be like three minutes long where we said, you know, like nothing's happened in wrestling <laughs> right, in the right. past. It's been pretty boring. It's been a pretty boring year. No big stories that I can think of. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you just want to reminisce. I mean, we could talk about anything. Well, I, I mean, don't care that about talking. You know, we're talking about Jay Briscoe. The only thing I can say about that was um, <clears throat> sometimes when somebody dies yeah. in wrestling, yeah. Um, what you'll hear is, boy, he looked like a comic book character come to life. Right. Um, boy, he, he sure did have a cool entrance. Right. Do you don't hear anything about the fact that he was a good human being, because he probably wasn't. Right. Based on all the uh, right, all the evidence, right, and the things that I've heard come out of some people that you, everybody knows who I'm talking about yeah. when I say that. But yeah, when the things that that I heard come out of his mouth, right, not a very good. I'm judging him based on what he said, right. Probably not a very good person, right. Um, but I still love that character, right. Um. And then sometimes you'll have uh, like a Brody Lee where you'll hear 
man, he like a lot of like he was a good friend. Like people, his his friends talked about, mm-hmm. wow, you couldn't have asked for a better friend than this guy, right? Um, to this day, when they when it's it's Friday, you know what that means. It's Wednesday, you know what? That, yeah, I never found out what Brody Lee meant by that. Right. I don't know that. Does anybody know? I think it was just a thing. Just a thing that he started doing. And right. It, so anyway. But you hear that. He was so nice to all the guys backstage. And then his family would say he was such a, mm-hmm. he was a, a, a doting father. Yeah. I mean, he always made sure he was there for everything. This Jay Briscoe thing, the the very unique thing for me, when, when I started hearing about Jay Briscoe, was immediately they started going, Jamin Pug was a good man. That was what struck me. Yeah. About that. Nobody said Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe. Somebody. People did. Right. Obviously. But what I mean is immediately he stopped being Jay Briscoe. Yes. And he started being Jamin Pug, which I think is how you pronounce it. If I'm wrong about that, it's Pug or Pew. Pew. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Pew. That's right. Because I watched Mark Briscoe's uh, eulogy for him. Yeah. Um, Jamin Pew. And it wasn't, obviously, the wrestling community and the people that knew him started talking about, and this guy loved his family. This guy loved his kids. And the town that he lived in shut down. Yeah, they his you know his wife worked at this one of the schools. Yeah, they canceled school. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they canceled school, and they used that school to do that um, right. memorial service. And right. Thing. Yeah. This guy was making an impact in his community in a small right. town. You right. Know? And they were so good. Yeah. So good. I can remember I had watched the Briscoes on uh, DVD a lot. Yeah. I can remember going to Atlanta. Yeah. That time and thinking, listen, you know me. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, I'm a head and shoulders above everybody that's in the ring right now. Right. But I saw Jay Briscoe and went, except for him. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't want <laughs> Yeah. I would not want to tangle with either one of those Briscoe boys. Yes. I can remember thinking that. Yes. I, those two guys looked the part. I would not want. And it's, I'm going to tell you the thing about his story that I have to believe is true. Mm-hmm. That I, he said some really dumb stuff. Yeah. One time. Yeah. Um. But by all accounts, he he tried to make amends for that. Right. And he tried to learn from that. Right. And become a better person from that. Right. And I have to believe that, that that's possible. Yeah. Because I would hate to know that I was judged for something stupid that I said. Because I've said stupid stuff over the years. Correct. You know, it's just I'm lucky enough to not be famous. Right. And not have done it in, on a on a social media platform, and I've also grown as a person. Yeah. Since I might have said some of those dumb things, like I've right. become a better person. Yeah. I think. Um, I can remember. I'll tell you the truth about me. I remember one afternoon watching the movie Milk, mm-hmm. and it changed my perspective. Right. On things. Yeah. That's as truthful as I can be about who I am. Yeah. I remember sitting there one day. It was just on TV, and it started playing. And I was like, oh, this is... And I watched it, and I went, ah. Mm. You're talking about people that just want to be um, given the same rights as everybody else. Right. To pursue freedom and happiness. Right. And who are you, or who am I, to stop that? Right. Who, why, would, why do you care if somebody else is happy? And it was a, you know... And I wasn't like this big. I'm not talking about overly bigoted thing, but I'd probably make little smart jokes and little smart right, comments. Right, stuff. right. And I really I don't do that anymore. I don't, right. You know. Um, so I have to believe that that Jay Briscoe could could change. Yeah. And he could learn from things because I feel like I've learned from things over the years, and you yeah. become a better person. That's what growing up and becoming a man is about. Is becoming a better person. <laughs> It's so it's so funny you say that because even this morning I I, I kind of had I had this experience last night where uh, in the past I would have uh, reacted differently or or felt differently and this morning I was thinking man what 
what's the difference? And I was like, oh, I've matured. You know? Yeah, that's right. I've and, grown up. And, you know, for me, when I think about these last nine years, because when we started doing this, I was I was not into wrestling. I wasn't really watching wrestling. And I can honestly say, and, I'm, and listen, everybody, when, when a wrestler passes away, all of a sudden they're everybody's favorite wrestler. Right. But I can honestly say – Outside of Brock Lesnar's believable for multiple reasons. Correct. For me personally, in, in the time of this show, Jay Briscoe was about the most believable guy. Jay yeah. Briscoe. I, I like one of the most shocking interactions I had was uh went to the Ring of Honor pay per view at Cabarrus. And met Jay and Mark Briscoe, got their autographs, uh-huh. had no idea what to expect. Have no idea what to expect. Because mm-hmm. all you see is these guys, chicken farmers. Yeah. yeah, they're just crazy. Reach for the sky, boy. And you know, that's, that's great. From, I love that. From Toy Story. Yeah. And you, you get there, couldn't be nicer, mm-hmm. couldn't be more welcoming, couldn't be more. Are there more, more down to earth guys? Than Jay and Mark Briscoe. But what the surprising thing is, is that you growing up, like you have to have had something in common with them. They just went the red, their more redneck route with it. Than <laughs> right, you did. right. But like it, it shouldn't surprise you that people who, even though they were making good money at, at professional wrestling, yeah, still had a lawn care business and a chicken farm, yeah. So you're talking about blue collar guys, uh, probably getting up with the sun, right? And, and coming in in the evenings, you know. And they all live together, and they all got the families right around each other. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't surprise you at all that they would be good, down to earth guys. Yeah, I mean, I guess those guys are. There's, the uh, Dyers is full of those guys. Today. Yeah, salt to the earth, right? Um, but to every time Jay Briscoe cut a promo. Or wrestled. He did. He did the one thing that ninety nine percent of wrestlers can't do today, and he made me suspend my disbelief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say, as I think back, the birth of this show was because two young men, around ten years old, nine, ten years old. There was a moment in time mm-hmm. when we suspended our disbelief, and it, and here we are, thirty plus years later, mm-hmm. still um, captivated, yeah, by this industry. Captivated, <laughs> sound like Dusty Rhodes. And I would say, you know, we're probably going to do an episode today. Where we talk a little bit about indie wrestling, right? And I would say, if anybody's listening to this, promoter, wrestler, whatever, somehow you got to tap into something. Yeah. And you got to make me suspend my disbelief. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, Jaber, you talk about everybody's favorite. He was not my favorite wrestler. The right. Briscoes are not my favorite tag team. But I can tell you that two of my favorite matches last year they were a part of right and and the only reason i can't say three is because i hadn't seen the double dog calling <laughs> right. yet. but as soon as i do i can go ahead and tell you that it's going i just know me yeah you know and i know the kind of wrestling that i like and i'm gonna it'll be one of my favorite matches of the year too yeah yeah it's uh, funny almost every i would say almost every one of my favorite matches include a member of ftr Oh, wow. From last year, yeah. When I started thinking, it was the FTR and the Briscoes, FTR Young Bucks, and Dax and Punk, and then um, Punk and MJF. You know me, Mr. Hyperbole. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm going to go here for a second. Do you remember a time, I'm trying to think back, when, has there ever been a time when a, Tag team specialist had the year Dax Harwood had. Uh, maybe uh, Morton when he did the the flare when he had that flare program. Yeah, I, maybe I um, don't disagree with you, but he was just wrestling flare. Dax wrestled 
he wrestled multiple true singles uh, competitors. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I would say you know Bret Hart when he first started making mm. the transition from mm. being a tag team guy, right? Um, your guy Rick Martel. Had a good year when he split from Tito Santana. Oh, yeah. He had some really good matches. Uh, you know, they were strike force. They were strike force. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, I would say, but then you're talking about guys who, who wind up not staying in a tag team. Right, right. There was, I'm not sure, I think a lot of that came from the fact that, um, that Cash hurt his arm in that, right. that deal, right? I mean, some of that. I think he was hurt. Yeah. And uh, right now, you know, they're both just trying to, to heal up. Yeah, I wonder what that's all about. There's been some interesting comments made on his on his podcast, you know, between him and Road Dog and Right. Um have you followed any of the A little bit the drama. A little bit. You know what? You know what I don't like? You know what kind of drama that I'm about sick of? What's that? Is the drama between these so-called wrestling journalists. Yeah. Every time I look, I see these wrestling journalists. They're not so-called wrestling journalists. Yeah. And they're all arguing with each other about who's breaking what stories. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, man. If it ain't Dave Meltzer or Mike Johnson, I ain't really listening to what nobody Right. I, I do think Sean Ross Sapp... He he does break some stuff, but he seems to be he seems to be one of those guys like hey, make sure you give us credit. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you next Tuesday, Sean. Right? <laughs> okay, I don't know what that means. You don't you don't know what see you next Tuesday means? No. Uh, I'll tell you when. We, okay, all right. What's the, spell it out. But anyway, um, so anyway. Um, yeah, so it's been a good run. Like, here's what's going to happen. Five minutes from now, you're going to put that together. The spell it out and the see you next Tuesday. And, uh, <laughs> and then you're going to go, oh, oh. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, my brain is not working. So, yeah, I know. Computer. You're so innocent. I'm, and I love it. Um, so, what's... I, oh, oh. <laughs> Thank you. The problem was my spelling. <laughs> spelling was off. You don't recognize the word. You haven't seen it in quite some time. Because, because, well, one of those words starts with a. Yeah. <laughs> maybe your spelling is a problem. So thinking back. What's your favorite? What's personally? What's your favorite moment from the double drop kick era? You mean like when we were recording? Could be anything. What's your favorite moment recording? Let's talk about all of them. There's a couple. Um, I think our, at least for me, I don't know about for you. What I think my greatest. Performance, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it, was the three-part Dusty Rhodes yeah. tribute. Yeah, like I really, I feel like that was for me. Like I think that was the thing that I'm the most proud of. Right. Um, because I love Dusty Rhodes so much. Yeah. And because I really think that in, and I'm sure there were other people that, that did it better. Um. But, like, I really put some time and effort yeah. and traced the Dusty Rhodes timeline. Yeah. I think. And, and, and talked about his importance to wrestling. But I think my favorite moment was I think it was the when you said, I always leave him wanting more. <laughs> yeah. And we just laughed and, and we couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. I think that's that may be. There have been a couple of those. That's the one that stands out. The, the one when I forget what we were talking about. Maybe was it Jake Roberts? There was one like we did that we were talking about Jake Roberts. Yeah. 
and and something was really funny. But and they may be the same one. And I, it's been it several may, years. Do you remember you were telling me the story about the snake and its yeah. psyche? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that one. And the, but then the, I, I'm wanting to say that those were kind of intertwined with each other. That the, that somehow. I'm sure they... I think they were. We were already kind of laughing. That, I mean, we have... We have laughed so much. I think when we first started, dude, we would have copious notes. Oh, Lord, yeah. and, and, And it was fun. We were having fun. Yeah. But at some point, it started feeling a little bit like work. It was getting a little bit like work because I can remember one day my wife was off. Yeah. And like, I was watching this pay per view because we were going to talk about it. Yeah. She was like, I thought this was like a hobby. And (laughs) you don't seem to be enjoying the fact that you're having to watch this pay per view and then do this. And, And I was like, you know, you're right. Like, I don't, I'm not enjoying doing this. I can yeah. remember thinking that. Yeah. I'm not in, like, I'm not watching this for fun. Right. I'm watching this out of some obligation because we had said we were going to talk about it. And I think we were both feeling that. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I don't know if we talked about it. I'm sure we did. I'm sure we said, hey, let's, let's like, let's be a little bit more free form. Right. Because what people really like about this, to me, I don't think that I'm saying anything about wrestling that other people aren't saying better. Right. And I don't think you're bringing any incredible insight to it. Um, I think what people really like about this is that we we talk about it. We're open books. Right. I think the thing, I think we realize at some point, because when we started, the number one wrestling podcast was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. That was about the mm-hmm. only one. There was no Conrad Thompson. There was no mm-hmm. something to wrestle. There was no WWE Network when we started. Right. Um, and now everybody has a podcast. I remember us talking about that now. I do remember us saying, like, we're not going to, we're going to have to change some things up because right. what can we say about, um, Pick a topic. I yeah. mean, what can you say about the Undertaker right now? Because um, he's already said it. Yeah, he's already said it. And Bruce Pritchard has had this show where he's—I mean, he was—he was Vince McMahon's right hand man. Um, what are you going to say? Right now, we both know that Pritchard. Part of his gimmick is that he's a shield. I mean, you yeah. know what I mean. Like yeah. he's almost—it's funny now. I mean, yeah. it's part of the gimmick on the show that he's going to. Tow the company line. Right, know? right. But still, he's there. Right. And he, he is there now. Yeah, he's there now. Crazy, man. So what can you, and you know, how many, oh, Dax, Dax has got a podcast now. Right. Jake Roberts has got a podcast. Cornette. Yeah. I mean, geez, you're talking about, I'm gonna, if you're thinking that you're going to be a wrestling historian. Right. And between Cornette and Brian Last, if you think that you know anything. Yeah. Let me go ahead and tell you, you don't. Right. Right. That's that is the only podcast that I listen to every week. Yeah. Like because, but between the two of them, and I don't always agree with everything that they say. Right. But I certainly think what Cornette says has some some weight. Right. He, you know he knows what he's talking about. But as it relates to the history of the wrestling business, right? Forget it. There's nobody else between those two guys. Right. They probably own half of the um, programs and right. and, and, and video and, right. and audio and things of that nature. I mean, they between the two of them's collection, they own most of it. Right, right. Um, I think for me, the the turning point happened when we were doing. We were talking about. Uh, Different years. We talked about 95 and WCW, which was a god-awful year. Yeah. Because it led to 96, and that's when you were watching these pay-per-views. And, dude, I analyzed. I mean, this is when I got into the weeds. I went through every single match Uh on Nitro for the year Uh and made a spreadsheet 
of everyone who wrestled, <laughs> yeah, their that. wins, their losses, and I, I was looking for something. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do an autopsy, mm-hmm. and I, I remember I'm trying to make sense of this, and I'm like, Mark, why did, why did the Rock and Roll Express just wrestle twice, and they wrestled, and Mark's just like. That's just what they did. Because they paid them. <laughs> yeah, because they paid them, man. And I'm, and I'm trying to, like, look, I'm trying to, like, make sense of these numbers. Um, and you're like, bro, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Like, there is no rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. I remember you having those spreadsheets. And I remember thinking then, we're losing it here, man. Yeah. We're losing what we're doing. We're, right. We're, you know. Right. We're, we're becoming mechanical. That's no. That's that's an excellent observation, <coughs> and I I think for me, that was when, I you know that was that was kind of when we were we were booking. So I mean we we're, we're like thinking about booking. We're working with promotions, and I, we wanted what we were doing to make sense. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at man. This is the second biggest record company in the world. This doesn't make any. Mm-hmm. Sense whatsoever, and um, just make it make sense, Mark. Make yeah, it. I wish I could. Uh, so I, for me, that was a turning point, and then I think that's when we said, "Hey, we're the wrestling you grew up with, the wrestling you watch now, and stuff, and stuff." Yeah, and uh, I enjoyed the super. I mean, you talk about the, changing. Uh, yeah, Superman returns. Changed your opinion on it. You did. It? You mm-hmm. did. And yeah, um, I remember that too. The Batman episodes, those were fun. Yes, those were a lot of fun. That was that was one when we laughed a lot when yeah. we talked about those Batman movies. I can remember, oh, this way's up. <laughs> uh, oh, this way's up. <laughs> um, you think about it, man. When we started this, we we've got we've had six Star Wars movies. <laughs> We had the, we had, wait, no, six. We know we had three. Sorry. Well, but then you had Rogue One and Solo. I mean. Right. I, but I guess I'm thinking, I was thinking we had five, six, seven, eight, nine. We just had seven, eight, nine. Yeah. We've had um, DC, a DC universe that's come and gone. We've had the Marvel universe come and gone, come and go. Boy, talk about a dip in quality. Yeah. That's a whole. This, this Marvel stuff now is garbage. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. I also want to talk some DC stuff with you. Um, I, I, you know, I think uh, you talk about moments. I think getting to WrestleCade and realize there was one bed. <laughs> we walked, that was NWA. The NWA Legends. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. We had booked a bed. We'd booked a room with two beds, and they gave us a room with one bed. Yeah, and it was yeah. a king-size bed, Yeah, it was a king-size bed, yeah. We put the pillows down. <laughs> down the middle. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was great. It was like, wait a minute. It's only got one bed. We're supposed to have two beds. Well, we don't have any more rooms with two beds. Uh, it's like John Candy and uh, Steve Martin. That's when... <laughs> That's when we had to decide how serious we were about this relationship. That's right. That's when we took it to the next level. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, that was funny, man. I can, oh, yeah, that was funny. Uh, got you know, but have gotten to meet so many of our heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think for me, I still I'll say this: getting to watch you meet. Stan Hansen and being able to watch that interaction. That was yeah, that one was of cool. the best. I lost those pictures, man. From I just I can't find them anywhere. It's the shame about everything not everything being like uh digital digital media now, man. We live in a in a world that um if something ever happens, this whole generation will be, the media will be lost. Yeah. Because there's no physical copies of it. You know, when I was working on my will, like, that's something you, you have to, like, okay, this child gets my Amazon account, and yeah. this child gets my Apple account, and, <laughs> and this, co- this child gets my physical hard drives. 
and stuff. Um, hey, yeah, when we when we first started this, like P, uh, PWG DVDs were a big thing. PWG was a big thing well, when yeah. we started this podcast. And now all the PWG guys are. In AEW, right? Or WWE, man. Cause, yeah, you know, Steen was big in 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 there. And then you got to imagine, like, there's a couple of guys that were there at the beginning of uh, PWG, like Super Dragon. Yeah, um, who's like this cult hero kind of thing. But like, imagine being that guy. Yeah, where, like all this good stuff happens, and it happens after he's already injured himself, and he can't. You know, he really yeah. Can't. I wonder if he's working backstage in AEW. I'd be curious to know because he was real protective of his of who he was, and right. his, his his uh his face. He always kept his mask on and whatnot. I would be curious to know if he's not somebody that you see weekly hmm. on AEW and don't realize it. I know he's injured. I think he hurt his leg really bad. If I'm right, honest. I think he broke his leg in a match when he tried to do a comeback. Right. He's a big dude. And yeah. Trying to work that super indie style, and that's just not you. Not you can't do that forever. There's not in there. You know, there's not even a super indie style. There aren't. I mean, are there even any super indies anymore? AW. <laughs> I mean, I you know. So you know, I watched that um, that best of seven series mm-hmm. with uh, the elite and the death triangle, and it was just—I mean, by the time I got to the seventh match, it was just the same thing. They didn't do anything different, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking they waited till like the third, or they were like maybe four four matches in, and in four matches they had nobody observed any of the rules you know oh right there was nobody observed a rule no referees enforced anything and then yeah. they said next week we want you in a no disqualification match and i'm thinking you've just had four no disqual what if right what if yeah you had actually followed the rules for a couple of weeks and then you did the no disqualification match because they've all been no disqualification right. matches right it doesn't mean anything right to do that you've used a hammer every week yeah. So now you're going to say it's okay to use a hammer? You've been you've used the hammer every match. Right. Leading up to this. And I just that kind of stuff, you know, it's great for a one-time spectacle, but it did not make for a great best of 7 yeah. series to me. I'm very curious what the thinking behind that was. I think that it's those guys getting to do what they want to do. Right. You know, I think that a decision was made who to side with. And, you know, what I don't understand is why they continue to um, promote and uh, push Hangman Adam Page. Because he's the guy that's responsible for all that drama. I'm going to tell you, I'd have jobbed him out. For the next two years till his contract was up, we wasn't worth anything when he got done. Right. Because none of this happens if he doesn't go on TV spouting and, off at the mouth. And going into business. Right. He, I mean, whether you agree with him or don't agree with him, whether you like him or you don't like him, none of that happens if he doesn't go out there and do right. that. Right. Nothing happens. I don't understand why he's still getting rewarded. And that's, I don't care who he is. Right. I mean, I, if Punk had done that, I would say the same thing. Right. You know, whoever did it. Yeah. If they go out there and do something stupid that throws everything you've been working towards yes. into chaos. Yeah. Then I. Unless it's all a work. Right. That's another episode. Right. So wait, we got to. And I'm kind of curious about that. I, when you talk about FTR taking a few months off, and, you know. I have really, really wondered, you know, what ha- I'm going to tell you, man, because with that crowd, I would think that Punk and FTR are going to have to be the heels. Right? I'm going to tell you who, if I was looking to get some nuclear heat, and I really, I, maybe this is a whole other thing, if you, I would pay the man, because I think he would do it for the right amount of money. Mm-hmm. I would pay Jim Cornette. <laughs> To come out and, and manage those guys, even if he just did it one night at the pay per view, yeah, and 
listen, if you paid Cornette enough, I think he would probably take two super kicks and a one-wing angel because he said one time the reason he couldn't go to work for him, he said, because eventually they'd offer me enough money to take the Joey Ryan spot and I wouldn't be able to turn it down and I'd have to do it. He said that on his podcast. Yeah. He said they'd offer me a million dollars to do it and I'd realize I could take it and retire for the rest of my life and never have to see any of these people again and there I'd be flipping over. That's <laughs> So, I, I feel like if the money was right, he would do it. You know, to me, let, you're talking about heat. Let's put a pin in that. Okay. Because I want to talk about, we want to talk about the Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn storyline. I want to talk mm-hmm. about, hey, what? Where? Yeah. Do, where's the next few months of wrestling going? <coughs> um, well, there was something else we put a pin in, and now I don't remember what it was. You put a pin in everything. You don't ever let me get wound up. You're like, oh, wait a minute. You're about to get wound up on this I want you to thing. get wound up on my terms. I got you. I got you. I want to control the wind. <laughs> and the you want to wind me up That's and let right. me go. So let's talk about. I'm not your toy, Heath. <laughs> let's talk about. Um, I want to talk about one of the low points of the show. And I think it was a time that I wound you up unintentionally. Okay. And that was, uh, we're talking about ECW. We're talking about <laughs> the NWA. Yes. And it's like we yeah. recorded this episode multiple times. Uh-huh. And I couldn't get past the fact of, oh, man, the NWA could have made a comeback. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no. No, no, no that's not what this is about. <laughs> yeah, it was what if he had not, what if Shane Douglas hadn't thrown down the ECW title? Yeah. And, uh, or- and you were going, yeah, the NWA, and then you got Jim Crockett, and I was like, what are you talking about? This right, is not, right. The NWA is not making a comeback. Yeah. And the NWA is still not making a comeback. They're trying, but Golly. Uh, you're not going to do it with Tyrus as your world champion, I don't think. He go from Nick Aldis to Ty- Tyrus, or whatever his name is. Yeah. That right-wing nut from Fox News. Yeah, what? I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand that. Like, I even what I don't understand about it is I don't know his politics. I'm just assuming he's on a right wing show right. on the Fox News. Right. I'm assuming what his politics is. But I would think that Billy Corgan, being a part of the entertainment industry, would say, "I don't want." Right. I don't want this. Hell, who knows what Billy Corgan? Thinks. I would say, just because Tyrus was a comedy jobber act. Every yeah. other wrestling promotion he's worked for. Uh-huh. And now, Jack Briscoe, Dusty yeah. Rhodes, Ric Flair. Harley Race. Giant Baba. Terry Funk. Dory Funk Jr. And now, Tyrus. <laughs> Tyrus. Colt Cabana. Colt Adam <laughs> Pierce. Uh, Rob Con. I mean. Dan the Beast Severn. <laughs> hey, he's going to be at the... Uh, Greenville Comic Con. Is he now? I thought about, you know what? Huh. I want to see if I'm off that weekend. It's like April 13th, and I don't know if I'm off that weekend. No, I'll be down in Columbia that weekend. Oh. Normally, I have to check your schedule for you. That's pretty good. Well, I just know there's a lot. My dad's retiring that week. Oh. And uh, we're having a party for him, and then I'm... And I just know we were. I was talking to my buddies about it last yeah. night because I'm gonna rent a car to go down there. But and uh, they were like, "Why? Why are you like this? Is two months away?" Because well, I was just confirming. Hey, I want to make sure everybody's square. Yeah, that we're doing this. Yeah. And they were like, "Why?" And I was like, "Because I'm renting a car. Because my truck. We have a 2024 runner, but my wife drives it. Yeah, my truck. I could barely get parked out there because the power steering shot in it. Yeah, because all I do is drive it back and forth to work. Right. A couple. Uh, miles, I yeah. don't want to drive it to Columbia. And they were like, "Yeah, but why now?" And I was like, "So I sent them a picture, and I was like, well, I found like, like you could rent like a, a Lamborghini, and you can rent those types of cars. I'm not going to, but I, I found like a Corvette that I could rent, a twenty, like a 2022 Corvette, yeah, for like 200 bucks a day that I could rent. And I said, well, I want to. I'm trying to rent something. If I'm going to rent a car, yeah, I'm going to rent something nice. I'm not renting. Yeah. A, I'm not renting a, a, a Hyundai. Were we doing? Were we doing the show when I had to drive to Raleigh and my my car was messed up and I had to rent a car 
and I rented just a regular car, and I get there, and they're like, well, sir, all we have is a minivan and a Hummer. I yeah. said, what's the mileage? What's the gas mileage? I said, about the same. I drove his Hummer. Now, a, yeah. a bright yellow Hummer. It was pretty, it was pretty nice. Huh. And, uh, and that's probably, I'll probably rent something like that. I, I mean. You don't want a little car. I'm either going to rent a Challenger. Mm. Um, I may wind up just like renting a Suburban or something like that. You know, I like a little. Space. I do. I don't know if, if for those that have never met me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got what the doctors refer to as a little bit of a weight problem. Well, <laughs> when, no, I'm a giant human being. When man. we talk about Mark's height. We were at Russell Cade, and we we didn't meet the American Wolves, but we walked by their table, and maybe I did meet them. Maybe I did get their autographs. You probably them. did. And Mark said, they could get on each other's shoulders and not be as tall as me. You're right. And Mark is a sizable human being. Yeah. I can show you a picture of me standing beside Big Van Vader where we're, he's about an inch taller than me yeah and he was a large man yes very large man yes um i can tell you one time at an independent show where we were doing commentary mm -hmm. there was someone who had been featured on uh, monday night uh, monday night nitro yeah and if i said who it was people would know yeah and I was having to do an interview with him. Yeah. And he asked if I would mind kneeling down a little bit. Yeah. So that he wouldn't look so small standing next to me. That's right. That's right. And I did. Yeah. Because he's right. Yes, that's I right. I was not trying to make him look bad or anything like that. So he showed me the way. Yeah. He, like, I was appreciated it. He and I had a discussion afterwards. Yes. He taught me what the announcers do yes oh, in wwe and wcw he taught me how to stand yeah so that i did so that i look normal yeah standing next to him and there's and, a reason now i didn't look like I, I he taught me how to reduce my height without bending over yes um and there's a reason that in today's wrestling there's a lot of females doing the backstage interviews right Mm -hmm. Um, because and and some of them are still taller than the. Uh, yeah, he's the one who told me. He said that, that coach. He said coach is like six foot five. Oh. He said, but you never know it because this is the way he stands when he's interviewing people. Oh. Um. So yeah. Those those, those are the kind of interactions that are they're good when you learn something right actually learn something from somebody who's been there and if you but so many people don't want to listen to there's a lot of guys mm. that wouldn't have wanted to listen to that right that would have still tried to stand there and be six foot four or six foot five beside a guy who's five eight right and it makes him look small it makes him look weak but you know it's i was able to get product. that right yeah it is um and that was one time We've heard a lot of bad advice, too. Yeah. Yeah, you got to know what to listen to and what not to. You got to know when to hold them <laughs> and also when to fold when them. When to fold them. When you, you listen to people who have done it at a higher level than you. Right. If somebody who's got more experience at a higher level comes up, and even if... You know, it may not fall necessarily in line with everything that you think. Their their opinion is very much valid, right? And it's worth listening to because you might not be able, you might not do everything they say, but you still might pick up some kind of wisdom and knowledge from them. I I think one of the best lessons I learned over the the last nine years is there is such a huge difference in booking on paper and booking in real life. Because mm -hmm. um, there were match ideas you and I would throw out for various promotions and it would be like, well, they, you know, they don't have very good chemistry. Mm -hmm. And that was something when you're just looking at the paper, mm -hmm. hey, this match makes a lot of sense on paper. You got this guy and this guy and he's mm -hmm. the challenger. And it's like, well, the chemistry's not there. Right. And you, you realize... Who can – there are some wrestlers who can have a match 
with anybody. Mm-hmm. And then there are some wrestlers who need someone to lead them in a match. Mm-hmm. And then there are some wrestlers who need to take two weeks off and then retire. Yes. Yeah, some people shouldn't have been allowed to wrestle. Right. Some people should have been told that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I agree. Um, and Austin Jordan, you know who you are. <laughs> that's a that's an old throwback to like some stuff. I, he knows I love him to death, man. I would never, I would never say that. I love I love Austin Jordan. It's man. it's cool to see guys to see guys uh, that we kind of were there with when they got their start, uh-huh. and to see them have good careers and now moving on having families yeah man that's what it's all about man. right i've always said i love the guys that <clears throat> you know that do this they know what it is they know who they are they know what their ceiling is yeah it's a hobby they yeah. treat it like such they have a good time they enjoy themselves I, there's nothing wrong with that man yes that's right um i just couldn't get I always the peter pan syndrome i just yeah. never could that I, I can't. I'm just never going to get with it. You know, when I'm talking about guys like Austin Jordan, I, our buddies Bryson Boone were the Sun yeah. Steel, you know. And there's a ton of other guys. Right. And I'm, you know, Ace Armstrong's got a good, nice family now. Yeah. And, uh, um, so many guys um, that know what it is, they know what their ceiling is, and they're having fun. Yeah. I think that's great, man. Right. I think that's great. Um, there, there is nothing. There's nothing wrong with wrestling being your hobby. No. It is a perfectly legitimate hobby. Yeah, man. And to, to have fun. I mean, that for some people, the dream is performing in front of a crowd. Uh huh. And mm-hmm. we have we have had the privilege of seeing people fulfill that dream. Even if they weren't good at it, even we've seen, I would say, <laughs> even if they weren't good at it, I like that. I mean, we we've seen we we saw a young man that you knew, uh, and he's been he's been wrestling now for a couple of years, uh-huh. and that's as far as he's gonna go, mm-hmm. and he can say that he did it, yeah. He has no illusions about what his ceiling is. Like the old saying, I think I've said it a a thousand times on here. My dream was to fly nonstop around the world. It never happened. But I I didn't get my pilot's license. Yeah. You know? And that's, you know, hey, if that's your hobby, more power to you, man. Yeah. More power to you. I don't knock anybody for... We were kind of laughing earlier about some stuff with some people, and I was like, "Well, do, you, do we know this guy?" No, right, right. And I was like, "I don't want to knock somebody for. I mean, I, who who am I to knock right. them for for that? I just I'm not going to do it, right? You know." Uh. So anyway, it's been a good nine years. Here's yes, to nine sir. more. Yes, sir. Here's to you. Uh. Here's to us. Here's to the night. All the times that we messed up. Yeah, and listen, we we really do we really do feel like um, we have created a, 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 I don't know if I'd call it a community or whatever, but we do have our loyal supporters, and we're very appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. And um, we I, I think we would le- can legitimately say we made friends. Through this podcast, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I feel like you and I could go to just about any independent show in the Carolinas, mm-hmm. and people would know and appreciate things oh, yeah. we've done. Every time we go to any show, somebody comes up, right, says, "Hey guys, I appreciate you, and I love your." I mean, FTR, your show. FTR. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Of, yeah, Vince man. When Robert Gibson's around, he listens to the Double Drop Kick show. That's right. You know, just so you know. <laughs> hey, everybody. Speaking of, you know, those guys now, like the 
podcast guest is a new revenue stream for a lot of these wrestlers. Right. Now. I think that's pretty cool for them. You know, right. they don't do the, I guess at some point somebody said, why am I doing this for free? Right. Like you can now, if you want to interview just about anybody, you can, you can pay them and they'll come on your podcast right. and they'll be interviewed. Right. So if we could pay anybody to be on our podcast. He's dead. Mm. So who would it have been? Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did get to interact with yeah, him. Yeah, I got got to meet him, got to shake his hand, had a yeah. good interaction with him. One of the highlights of my life. Yeah. Him telling Ole, Ole, this man right here would have made one hell of an Anderson back in the day. That's right. It's, that's one of the greatest, whatever people say, I don't care what you think about me. It's one of the greatest moments of my life. Yeah. I loved yeah. Dusty Rhodes growing up. Yeah. You know? I feel like. And I wanted to be like Ole Anderson is the thing. Like, yeah. It's not just that I like Dusty Rhodes. When I was a kid, everybody else, when the the four horsemen, we're going to be the four horsemen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Everybody wanted to be Ric Flair. Right. Everybody wanted to be Barry Windham. Yeah. I wanted to be Ole Anderson. I yeah. loved it. He would yeah. say, I'm not interested in winning the match. I don't care about being the champion. Yeah. I want to hurt you. <laughs> I'm going to hurt you. Get you in that ring. I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. That's what I want to do. If I don't care. If you hit me five times, all I need is one. If I get that one shot in and I hurt you with that one shot, Rhodes, you got it coming. You know? Yeah. You're going to get yours for one day, Oldie, but not from you. <laughs> That's one of the greatest <laughs> Ole Anderson lines ever. When, when the big turn. Oh, right. He, after he turned on Dusty and he's walking in. I forget who was being interviewed, but he kind of storms off and he goes, one day you're going to get yours, Ole Anderson. And Ole goes, yeah, but not from you. <laughs> I I want. I really want to go back uh, late '70s, early '80s, and just watch more Ole Anderson. Yeah, um, I was. Uh, I loved him growing up, man. I loved the fact he was like the guy that would. He would tell you what he was going to do, and then he would do it. Yeah, Ole Anderson to me. If there were somebody, can you imagine somebody like Ole Anderson going into AEW right now? Oh God, they would be so unique mm-hmm. they would get so much heat mm-hmm. and it would work it would 100 percent work yeah mm-hmm. but nobody wants to be all the guys who have the size of ole anderson want to do a moonsault they want to do a flippity floppity flu uh-huh. over the top rope nobody yeah, wants just to, nobody wants to do an arm bar yeah, nobody wants to just stand. Well, now it's all. I, you know who could do it? That they, he was just on the other night. Had a great match with Brian Danielson's Timothy Thatcher. Yeah, he could kind of. I think he was he on AEW. Yeah, man. Oh. Yeah, him and Brian Danielson had a had a hell of a match. Man. Seen yeah, Danielson's that. having some good matches. Yeah, like that. The whole storyline there, where um, um, MJF just keeps paying. These hitmen, he's doing the bounty thing. He's, yeah. put a, he's paying somebody every week to go out. And he's like, I don't, he prayed, you know, Brian Cage messed Danielson's arm up. And yeah. then MJF brought Timothy Thatcher in just for one night. He paid, he paid for him so that he could go in there with Brian. And next week is Roosh. Uh, oh. So Danielson's having these incredible matches, but the story is his body's breaking down oh. over the course of these matches. Like these guys are. These, these heavy hitters. It sounds like the Nightfall Batman storyline where Bane just started sending people at him and then Bane comes in at the end and breaks his back. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm. So they're leading up to their big match at the pay-per-view, but every week Danielson is having to face somebody. Then That's great. <laughs> that's, that's been great. great. Danielson's, man, him and AEW. Where the shackles are off, dude. That match that he had, the match that he had with Hangman Page was incredible, and the match that he had with Kenny Omega was just an incredible match. Yeah, you know, just incredible, man. He's good, Danielson. I think he's got a future. Yeah, actually, I think he's winding down. Is what it is. I think this he's he's performing his swan song, man. Right. I think he's gonna go limited after this. I may be wrong, but yeah. I don't know if he's going to beat MJF or not. I think it'd be. I, I kind of hope that he doesn't. To yeah. be honest with you, I think MJF needs to beat somebody. Yes. Um, yes. Like a Danielson, uh, probably would have beaten Punk. I don't know. Yeah. 
I feel like he was going to going to be I feel close. like that's what they were leading to. Yeah. I think so too. I I think a wise man once said, the money's in the chase. And who better to chase than the MJF? Yeah. That's just my mm-hmm. – that's what I've learned over the last nine years. Yeah. All the of chase is better – Motorhead's got a song, the chase is better than the catch. That's right. That's right. Well, we've reached that point in this episode where the nine years of age has caught up to me. And I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, me too. I had a big cup of coffee. So. And uh, probably gonna have another cup here in a minute. No, that's don't right. have to go to the bathroom like I did the other week at the coffee <laughs> shop. <laughs> you want to tell that story? Because I don't care if you tell it. I think it's hilarious. Like. Well, that was, that was white knuckle right there. It's almost brown bottom. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, there are sometimes I don't know. I'll just put it this way. You never know when Mark's kidding and when he's serious sometimes. <laughs> I saw I saw something in Mark's eyes I've never seen before in 47 years. It was absolute terror, wasn't it? <laughs> I've never seen fear in your eyes. But you were scared that day. And uh, just to see him. You know, just to, <laughs> so, trying to get up out of the seat. Just didn't want to mess my kid up. Yeah, and it was just, like sudden. Yeah. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> we gotta go. Yeah, I was like, man, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, we were riding back to my house, and I didn't, I didn't get cinched up. I said, oh God, he, he, I'm gonna crap your seats. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you know this, but it, the muscles required to stand up are also the muscles that are required to hold poop in. <laughs> So I kind of had to, I kind of had to slide out of the truck. <laughs> yeah, you did. And then I, and then you guys like, all right, I think I'm good. And then you, and then you did the gorilla walk to your house, and I like double checked at my seat. But uh, yeah, that was, it was, it was embarrassing, but it was funny. Oh, it wasn't embarrassing. And then like a few days later, I had the same. I, fi- I told you I figured out what caused it. Man. Yeah, I had the same. I went up there and got those pickle fries again. We went to Ingles and I. Looked at her and said, "Oh, said, I said I'll be back in a minute." <laughs> Made a beeline for the bathroom. Oh, yeah, I mean that's it. Stinks when, as you get older, you have to like make your own dietary restrictions. Yeah, you do, man. Especially like I used to. You'd watch the on the TV. It would always be the joke. Oh, I can't eat. Pizza or peppers right. and onions after such and such a time, and then you reach an age when that's the truth. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't eat. It's very rare that I eat Italian food for supper anymore. Huh. It just, if it, the, most pasta sauces are fine, but when they're sweet, yeah. that when this, this pasta sauce has got a little sweetness in it, man, it kicks my acid reflux into overdrive. Right. And peppers and onions, mm. especially peppers, like grilled peppers, I yeah. love them. But I just can't eat them, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate your support. We're we're here all day. We're going to be recording multiple episodes and um, basically catching up for the last eight nine months and uh, looking to the future. Talking some wrestling, talking some Marvel, talking about everything that you've come to expect and enjoy. From the Tri-County Area's number one po- wrestling podcast. Yep, the Oconee County Wrecking Crew. That's as right. Our, as our friend calls us. Yes. So, hey, uh, what am I, how do I sign this off? What do I do? I forgot. I think we used to do our Twitter ads, but I don't really, I think, I don't think we need to do that anymore. Can I be honest with you? I think it's a new day. It is a new day. I think we're relaunching a new season. Hopefully, we're going to be a little bit more, we're going to be posting a little more. Yeah. Um, I think things are settling down for you, yes. settling down for me. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's change the way we wrap this thing up. 
I don't, I don't, nobody's, if you wanted to follow me on Twitter, you follow me by now. Right. Right. And I don't, I'm not promoting this show on Twitter. Yeah. You know, it's pretty much, I'll be honest with you. Now that Carrie's not on Twitter, I don't care much about it. I, I just text him now. Yeah. Which that's right. Quite that's a bit. right. Um, so, uh, I think I just used to say for the double dropkick show, I'm Heath Mulligan. And I'm Mark Whitman. Maybe that's what we should do. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now. Bob Cottle, who's still with us. Yes. And recorded. Uh, Lance Russell recorded our intro. And Bob mm-hmm. Col- Cottle. Isn't that the cool? Like, think about that. Yeah. Just that. Lance Russell recorded the intro for us. Yeah. Bob Cottle recorded. What's the, a podcast? What's a podcast? Certainly, you know, Peggy. Lost Peggy since we recorded, yeah. by the way. You know, rest in peace to our friend Peggy Lake. Yeah. Man. One I, of the sweetest Mm-hmm. People ever, yes. And who, if not for Peggy Latham, for those that don't know, yeah. And I hope people listen through this to hear it. I wish we talked about this at the beginning. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, the night that Ole Anderson got sliced open yes. with a hawk bill, she's the one that held his chest together. Yeah, that's right. Um, she is the nurse. Yeah, her and her friend, I guess. Yeah. Without her, there is no four horsemen. Right. Yeah, if, if you don't know, that's who that's who Peggy is. Yeah, and that and, story is on the award-winning documentary that mm-hmm. Mark and I star in, Mid Atlantic <laughs> Memory. But yeah, great lady. I never there was never a time that I saw her, and we were not the closest of friends. No. I mean, we didn't she we did not know each other very well, but she always hugged me, and she yeah. always every time I would see her, and she, hey, how are you? Mm. It's so good to see you. She'd always send me a. Happy birthday message on my birthday. Yeah. She always, always did that. And yeah. Sweet lady, man. Sweet lady. So, well, in, in memory and honor of Peggy mm-hmm. and all the other greats that are no longer with us for the Double Dropkick Show, I'm Heath Mulliken. And I'm Mark Whitman. Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now.